Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. We found it laying on the ground, and like most pieces of trash, we should just leave it where we found it, but we're picking it up and we're, we are bringing it back to you. We're not necessarily the trash in this situation. It's more like Impact itself. I don't know why we're trying to grab this, dust it off, and, and keep it like a hoarder, but who is we? I am Jamie Williams, sometimes known as The Vet. The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. With me as always, my tag team partner, Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing this week? I am doing super, sir. Thank you for asking. How are you? Ah, just fantastic, except for the whole impact part. But everything else, really fantastic. Really good. Except, well, you know, it's June now, and it's getting even hotter. It's almost like, in my part of the world, it's almost like the... uh, just the general atmosphere, the sun, and everything was like, oh, it's June, let's get hot. Like, they knew instantly they even got a slightly early start at the end of may too like they were practicing like we got to practice for summer let's get a little unreasonably hot in this last week of may so but other than that and all these other things and a bunch of stuff in the world i've been ignoring everything is great <laughs> so but we're here we're here now and we've got some people with us and uh, we appreciate all of them, and we acknowledge all of them. Who is with us today at this Let's moment? See. Let's see who we got tonight. We got Media and Five. We got Lab Rat. We got Javi Uchida, Lizbeth, Lab Rat. We got everybody. Whoop, whoop. We got more, one more more going to be coming in tonight as the show goes on as per usual. Yeah, we got Media and Five. He says... <laughs> Yes, I remember this is on. I can see now, Vet. No, so no fucking eyesight jokes. I can see you saying them later. Ha ha ha. That's a very funny eyesight joke that you did there. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess... Do we have any uh, news that uh, you particularly care to talk about or bring up? Because I do have one little thing. There's no, nothing about impact. You uh, said a little thing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that's my thing. But, uh... I guess the only major news coming out of impact I can think of is, or the only, like, news news or anything that could be considered news is Jordan Impact, or Jordan... Woo! Jordan Impact. Uh, <laughs> is that a nickname that, that she's got? I hope not. I don't think so, uh, but uh, they, well, whoa. Uh, Jordan Grace's impact contract has come to an end, and she is so far not resigned. Yeah, I don't think that uh, she will resign if these reports that people have been reporting, the reported reports, say that she might be taking some time off, which would explain a lot if you watch the booking of the past, you know however many weeks now since it's been out there that she might not be re-upping her deal. But we'll talk about that. 
um, we get to later on in this show. And I'll just say right at the top, um, this show sucked. And it, if you guys want to bring back the old, you know, ask us anything, you know, for the end, if you guys got anything you want to talk about, um, we're going to probably have a huge chunk of time if we want uh, to to talk to you guys, answer any of your personal questions, uh, anything about stuff outside of wrestling, whatever you want to talk about, you know, um, because it's not going to take too long to go through this. I promise you that. The only, um, the only kind of news thing, it's, it's not even much to talk about really. Cause it's kind of just like, uh, mm, okay, well that seems like the least that should happen based on this, but one of the news items I saw was the the WWE announcing a multi-year partnership with Twitch. So I thought we could talk oh, yeah. about that because we're both Twitch streamers. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... But then I look at the story and it's just like, you know, they're having an official channel. And according to Wrestling Inc., this article by Nick Miller saying that it's set to feature live and exclusive content and we'll stream a companion sidecast to Monday night raw, uh, which is debuting like right now, I guess, I guess you could go to WWE on Twitch right now and, and watch, uh, their little companion episode, whatever, whoever mm. would be on that. And they say it'll have different hosts and different WWE star appearances. So mm. that could be something interesting but because it's the wwe i think they'll take whatever could be interesting and not do it also they could it it, it could be interesting if nobody's paying attention to what they're doing like <laughs> if this is one of those things that they're just like oh yeah they just do that over there and then the people involved could like kind of make it their own thing and make it entertaining that could happen but other than that um it's like duh uh, it also said that they'll stream all the premium live event press conferences and other live productions. Um, so there you go. So if I heard that right, they're they're gonna actually live stream Raw as it happens. No, they're gonna stream something that's happening at the same time as oh, well. Okay. So if you're watching Raw, you have this this Twitch the WWE Twitch channel on the side for you know uh a multitasking viewing experience because we all know that everybody loves to watch raw live and they just can't wait to see what else is going on but this could be this could be a chance to see people that you aren't going to see on the actual monday night raw show <laughs> you know unlike kind of like uh you know, if you were watching, if Impact had their own Twitch channel, which I'm pretty sure they do or did, uh, maybe you'd have to watch that just to see Moose because you're not going to see him on this show. Um, you know, maybe maybe he'd like to sit and talk about, you know, other Impact things on a on a uh, a, a Twitch show that's running concurrently with Impact because, you know, there you go. If I remember correctly, at one point, didn't RVD get them thrown off of Twitch because of some of this content he was streaming when he was on there? I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. Would this have anything to do with Katie Forbes or yeah, any other actually, type of things? Yeah, I believe so, yes. 
Yeah, because I think it was like some really like risque stuff that they were doing. Yeah, so that that could be a thing. I'm gonna go but, double check um, that. Let me actually let me check that real quick. There is, you know, uh, maybe they could try again. There's a hot tub component on Twitch. Perhaps they would like to, you know, revisit that. Yeah, is it? Yep. Uh, I'm looking at an article headline right now. Post news update: RVD recount segment that got Impact Wrestling temporarily banned from Twitch. Yeah, hmm. I talked about it. Yeah, I talked about it on Rene Dupree's uh, show. Hmm. All right. Well, Liz says that the the WWE channel has around 730 people watching it right now, uh, live as we're recording. Um, Drew is on it, and two other people. I have no idea who they are off the top of my head. Drew McIntyre, the Scottish Warrior. Does he have uh, Angela with him? Um, I don't know. Could be interesting. Um. But, uh, oh, Drew Gulak. Yeah, that's much. <laughs> I, I suppose that is, uh, while I am a fan of Drew Gulak and find him quite entertaining and underutilized, I don't know if that's going to be the thing to draw the people to the channel. So, uh, but anyway, there you go. Um, it's kind of all I have for. The news portion of the show, if you could call it that. So now, last week, um, we did not have the Punching Up Impact segment here on the show, but you did say that you would get that available for people that wanted to check it out, and I saw that you had posted the link to it earlier, and so that is now, as you termed it, the lost episode <laughs> um, available on the Substack and uh were you able to get one for this uh for this week's show uh yeah actually the one for the 525 uh impact wrestling i do have all right so let's go to that now because um yeah it's time we don't have any more <laughs> there's nothing else newsworthy to talk about so let's move on to that and let's let's uh let's rebook this last week's episode um, cause I'm sure that quite needed it too. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you, I did a way better job with the go home segment or the final segment. All right. Well, let's have it. All right. So we opened the show with a cold open video package shows what, uh, Macklin Singh had been doing the last few weeks. And then we have go to the announce table, run down tonight's card, do a brief recap of the stories and hype up a mission accomplished story for our mission accomplished party for Macklin that they will be having that evening for taking out PCO and Heath and Rhino. Okay. And then uh, also during that, they do the whole name, the new number one contender for under siege. Then we go into the Bailey Saban match, basically a shorter version of what we saw, except that it ends with Trey running out and hitting Saban with a paint can and throw after yeah, and the ref throws it out. Bailey gets angry and attacks Trey. Saban recovers and joins in, and Trey powders. All right. Then we go to backstage with Macklin, Shara, and Singh, where they basically put each other over about how they're going to celebrate. Thank Singh for putting the bill. Singh mentions how the girls are on the way. Macklin mentions how he's uh, 
his number one contender selection to somebody who's been overlooked and is deserving. Then we go to commercial break, come back with the Trinity video package, same one we saw on the show. And then we go into the Decay versus Gene King match with all this on headsets. Match goes pretty much the same as it goes, except in the post-match promo and beatdown. It actually ends with Gene, uh, Kenny King and Sheldon Gene getting heat on Aldis instead of the throw to the instead of King throwing him to the wolves and running. Okay. Then we go backstage with Gia and Diana. Same thing that happens with that show with Alicia showing up to stir the pot. And then we go to a coven vignette, which I know is silly as it is, but, you know, it's their show, so we're kind of punching it up, where we have a segment of them casting a spell. Just a quick little 30-second segment, followed up with that one segment of Jessica watching the sands in the hourglass before she heads out to her ring, out to the ring for her match for uh, her and Wild. And then we have the same thing that goes on with her, the quick match, followed with Courtney Rush coming out for the save with that whole thing. Follow up with that with the Dango vignette. Same one that we saw on the show because that was actually pretty well done. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the play the Jessica Courtney Rush backstage segment we saw on the show, except it's very less cheesy Disney teen girl. Right. Okay. Just so. Yeah. So we're keeping the, we're we're keeping the Courtney Rush deal more or less the same, um, but we're just adulting it up. Basically, is what you're saying. Right, like not making it so like, oh, this is for, this is so for kids. Right. D- uh, does she still like? Mm-hmm. Does she still make the save with her music and everything? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, oh god. All right, and then we go on to the next match, which is the same Swan versus Angels match, except with uh, let's see. Swan hits his finish, but the finish, well, he changed the finish up. Swan hits his finish before Diener, uh, yeah, I am so sorry. Before Diener and Khan cause the DQ, Callahan jumps in for the save, and numbers game catches up because three on two. And then Jake Christ runs in for the save, and then they cause design to powder, and he's announced as their partner for the pay per view. Can I make one small change to that? Can we just have, can we just have in the match, can we have Rich Swan just immediately hit his finish on Angels and pin him before the other guys even know what's going on? So that way we can just get that part out of the way and get the loss on Angels. And then the guys can jump in immediately after, after they're like, hey, wait a minute, we weren't done posing and yelling at the crowd yet. And then they jump in and, and beat up Rich Swan. Can we do that? Yeah, we got to fill time. We still got to have a match though and fill time. Can't we just extend the beat down or something? I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just want him to immediately finish Angels. That's all. <laughs> all right. And then we go oh. to our next. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say continue. Okay. And then we go to our next commercial break. Then come back, come to a backstage segment with Callahan, Swan, and Chris, where they cut a promo on the design and put Chris over. Then we get a. New vignette with Shaw and her group. They put over how Trinity could have been a part of it, but instead they rejected the offer. No one insults Shaw, so that's why the open contract has been accepted. Go to Alicia versus Grace. Pretty much the same thing as before, except Alicia tries to cheat. Deanna runs out to try to stop it from happening. It backfires. Alicia gets the win over Grace. Post-match, Deanna and Grace argue before it finally comes to blows with Grace throwing the first shot, and Alicia just kind of stands on the ramp and laughs. 
Hmm, interesting. So Alicia gets a win here. Yep. Somehow. Alright. And backstage you got another segment with Macklin, Shira, and Singh, where Shira and Singh are standing outside of a door. Macklin comes out and informs them that his, the guy who's uh, picked for his challenge is accepted. Crack a few jokes before they leave the shot. Then we get a Joe Hendry vignette, where he basically does this whole thing of turning negative of Dango, stabbing him in the back into a positive. Mentions how he talked to Santino about how he's going to make the match an I believe match, or basically it's an I quit match, but instead of saying I quit, you have to say I believe. Okay, all right. And then the announcers hype Bay versus Skyler for after the break. Go to commercial, come back with Bay versus Skyler. Shorter version of the match that we got on the show. Post-match subculture run in for the beatdown while Good Hands and Myers join in. Okay, so we got... Is this our second run in for the beatdown or our third? That's a good question. Because I, I, I may have lost track of an earlier one, but I know we at least had the one um, with uh, the design. Although that was running for the save. Oh, okay. Well, there was a... And then there was something about heat on all this. Yeah, they did the... Uh, yeah, because they did the whole, like, you know, talk smack to Alice. Because they, the, they did the promo after the match when they challenged mm -hmm. him to come into the ring and they got into the fight. And instead of it... Being where uh, King threw Sheldon to him and, and Powders, they end up actually fighting, but because it's, you know, two-on-one, they get the better of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I would caution against having too much uh, extracurricular activity of the same type on one show, but let's move on. Let's see, where were we? So we got our vignette of Masha versus Kelly. It goes the same way as it did on the show. They go to another pre-tape in the back of Macklin, Cher, and Singh outside, expecting the Humvee they'll be coming out to the ring in mm. and making sure everything is set up for their mission accomplished party. Discuss uh, how everything's been going ever since they partnered up and how Macklin wants to expand it and take it to greater heights. And as they talk, you can hear a very faint voice yelling, Macklin, in the background. All three of them acknowledge it, but ignore it. And the girls finally arrive, and they start heading off back into the uh, building. And you can see PCO's shadow barely in the background. I see. So you said they're going to drive a Hummer into the... Where are they going to drive this Hummer? Work, work with me here. Work with me here. <laughs> well, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if the venue that they're in is, like, big enough to fit a bicycle in, let alone a... A Hummer, so well, just... it is kind of a military procession, so it could be a thing where it's outside and then they walk in. Okay, all right. All right, so we go to an extra match because we didn't have any moose on the show this week. We decided to fit in a Kazarian versus versus moose match. Ooh! With moose up with the spear after Eddie Edwards interferes. Kazarian and Edwards fight. Alicia low blows Kazarian, and it gives Edward the upper hands. All right, so we're protecting Kazarian a little bit, but uh, still also, advancing there. Right, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking, just keeping their thing going. Okay. Even though Moose doesn't really need it. No, Moose does not need But it's good anyway. I mean, 
If you're going to have a heel, it's okay to have them do stuff they don't need to do. That's kind of what makes them a heel. Right, and Moose would take it anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we go to our last commercial break, come back with a video package of all six of the number one contenders in the six-way, putting the match over and talking about why they want to be the champion. And we cut to the announce desk for a final hype for Under Siege. And then we have our big celebration with Macklin Music and Entrance. They come out to the back of the hum in the Humvee with a military possession with all the girls. Come out to the ring. Seeing talks first. Puts over how his money and charisma was the glue that brought all this together. Passes the mic to Macklin. He puts over how everything they set to do out to do so far they've done. And now it's mission accomplished. With P- PCO no longer able to wrestle it under siege. Macklin announces new opponent and says it's someone who deserves it more than anyone. And this person, because this person continues to get screwed over by impact management. Swinger music and entrance with dice. Swinger thanks Macklin for finally giving him his due. Then we get Demore music and entrance. Demore music. Uh, Demore says that match will not have him because there's no need for rep- replacement. PCO music and entrance. He comes through the crowd with weapon, gets in ring, lays out Swinger and dice while Macklin share and sing powder. PCO pretty much destroys everything that's set up. Chases him outside, destroys the Humvee as the show goes off the air. Oh no, they can't destroy the Humvee. It's probably a rental. Well, I, well, I mean, like he like <laughs> probably smashes the windows. We got to give this back. <laughs> <laughs> we barely could afford to rent it. Um. Okay. One one change I would make is on this last part, I would cut down the amount of musics and entrances things. Like I'd have Scott Demore just storm out quietly, yeah. you know, just so we'd have one less hit everybody's music participant. And they cut out PCOs too, because he'd easily slide in the back while Demore's talking. Right. I mean, he should just appear, you know. I, the way the way they did it was like what the lights off, lights back on yeah. thing. Yep. Um, but, and I, I like how this is set up because like, you can still have him lay out two, two guys who is not your heel faction. He still gets over, they get away and nobody touches and baby face looks good going into the pay-per-view. Yeah, that's, you know, that's preferable. Javi says, make the Humvee CGI. Okay. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> what, then it'll look like, uh, you know, like Sharknado or something or one of these sci-fi shows or the... <laughs> Where the the technology is like fifteen years behind the current stuff, and doesn't match with the rest of the, uh, I, that would be good. That would be very impact. That would be very on brand. Well, there you have it. And then, um, you know, it's too much to ask anybody to rebook under siege, but it definitely needed it. Um, because. You know, anybody that was here for last week's Impact Attack saw me pretty angry and muffinless. Um, I didn't have any muffins to eat because I didn't anticipate that it would be so bad. So I didn't get any from the store. Um, And then I watched it and then I was like, oh God. And now I don't have time to get any muffins, so it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, and it didn't get much better this week. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I should just anticipate 
these shows being like this and always have a muffin on hand. That was a funny gimmick for a little while, but I dropped it because, eh, you know, I just didn't want to sit here and gain like 20 pounds eating muffins every time I saw something bad on wrestling. But, you know, I don't know. You got to have that. You got to have that comfort. You know? So, Liz ate muffins last week. Uh, all right. So, um, there's your punching up impact for what was that? 525. That is correct. And, uh, now we've got, uh, a June 1st episode of impact to talk about. And it's definitely going to need to be rewritten. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to so, have fun with this one. Okay. So we're ready to get in here. Let's right. get it. All right. So first, we're going to get a recap of all that bullshit that happened on Under Siege. And then, Bully Ray's going to show up for his in-ring promo. Uh, he's somehow unfired from everything that happened at Under Siege. He gets to just come in here. Um, he's He's out here. He's bragging about how many people he's put through tables... And all this other stuff. And as he's, you know, as he's droning on about this, I, I was thinking, like, listening to what he's actually saying, like, using the phrase, putting people through tables. And the more he says it, the more, like, ridiculous it sounds. And I was thinking, of, like, if this is one of those situations that we've all been through as wrestling fans where you're watching... You're watching wrestling and some non-fan walks through the room and catches it during like some of the dumbest parts of wrestling history, you know, like they just happen to walk in when everything's stupid and they're like, why are you watching this shit? You know, I'm thinking like, what would that person think? What, what would it to a non-fan? What does the phrase putting someone through a table mean? Like, what does that in, in a real-world scenario outside of wrestling, what does that phrase even mean? We never say things like that. It would, it would, it would be ridiculous. Well, I think the average person would be able to know, like, when you, when you say it puts somebody through a table, they're like, okay, well, why would you want to do that? Yeah, why would you want to do that? I mean, you know what it means, but it's like putting them through it. It doesn't. It doesn't even sound that that vicious. It's like when you say put somebody through something, that's usually like um, like a mental ordeal or whatever. Like the the DMV put me through a horrendous wait time or something. You know, you're like, I, I, it doesn't. The idea that a grown man is just like just setting up furniture and then dropping somebody through it, just is like. And like I already explained, just throwing somebody onto the ground from a high up place hurts way more than having like this flimsy piece of furniture to somehow like break your fall and like let you down a little more gently. Um, I, it, it's just absurd. It's fucking absurd. And he's out here just talking about it like it's like a thing. And he's trying to be serious and he's trying to get heat with it and it's... It's like a cartoon character. So anyway, um, speaking of cartoon characters, Burt Macklin comes out. Um, has his jacket always been bedazzled and I just didn't notice? I th or think so. Has it? So he's just had these little 
these little fake plastic you know rhinestones all over his all over his military jacket this whole time right uh, i'm asking the chat um just is anybody uh, is this new or is this a championship bedazzling like did he have this on the lead up i don't remember liz doesn't remember it um Colin went through a table just to get to this stream. I appreciate your, I appreciate your sacrifice. Um, my sacrifice. All right, let's not do that. Uh, real men always have a table ready. Lab Rat says. <sighs> uh, yeah, I just. So I'm. Yeah, like wh what is? What are we doing? Like what is? <laughs> What are you doing? You're your whole thing is you're like a gritty military veteran, you know, that's slightly unhinged. You know, you've definitely got some PTSD issues. You know, you have your 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 like your leather jacket with like front towards enemy on it. Like you you're clearly traumatized from battle, and you're turning this into a wrestling character. But you had time to have some. Like either you did it yourself or you told somebody else, all right, I want little rhinestones all over. So fucking. All right. So anyway, yeah, he comes out and he's, he, he says he, this only, the stuff at, at under siege only happened because he allows it as the impact champion. He allowed bully Ray to, to do all this stuff. So he's basically the last word on everything impact. Um, and you know th this this goes on way longer than i'm gonna make it sound like but um then the motor city machine guns come out and i'm at this point just watching them come out with their music and everything like this is already the the third person or group that's come out with music so this has already turned into a hit everybody's music segment for any of you sports entertainment bingo players at home and I just wrote down, like, are, are they trying to make me quit? Like, are they trying to make me quit watching this, doing review shows? Am I going to do the thing where, you know, Brandon's reaching out for a tag and I drop off the apron and walk out? Like, is that what they're trying to make me do? Are they trying to make me turn this show off? Um, um, anyway, uh, oddly enough... Uh, Bully Ray espouses the greatness of Alex Shelley in public once again. So once again, this weird thing where we have to talk about how Alex Shelley's the greatest wrestler of all time. He's basically Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair or, you know, whatever your favorite wrestler is. He's that Alex Shelley is like in, in Bully Ray's speech. That's what it sounds like. He's, he's talking about in the like. He'll be in the back of multiple locker rooms and he'll sometimes see talents watching Alex Shelley matches. Maybe that's why wrestling sucks now. Sorry, Alex Shelley. It's not your fault. You just did what you were going to do. But it's everybody else's fault for watching that shit, if that's true. Uh, and, then, and then another hit your music, but for subculture. So like... Hey, hey, everybody, you want to not care even more? Here's these fucking guys that, you know, the WWE didn't want to keep when they folded NXT UK. Um, so after several boring minutes amongst all 20 of these guys in the ring where they're just re-explaining the plot of what's happened the past few weeks, 
um, we finally get like a challenge from subculture to the machine guns, even though it was the guns challenging Bully and Macklin, and they were like, no. And then uh, subculture came out and like, we'll do it. That's essentially what's happening. This took forever. Do you know, do you actually, or does anybody know exactly how long this took in terms of TV time or TV minutes? At least 15 minutes. 15 minutes. So a quarter of the quarter first hour. hour, an eighth of your show was dedicated to these guys. Like, this is Monday Night Raw. Like, when like when Triple H would come out, and then The Rock would come out, and then Steve Austin would come out, or Mick Foley would come out, and that would take 15 minutes. But no, instead, it's these fucking guys. I, I, I've said enough. Your turn. Yeah, that was like, like when Soul Culture came out. First, I was like, "What the fuck is this random shit?" It's random. And then they like get in there and completely mark out for the machine guns. It's like you're supposed to be the heels, guys. What? And it looked like is, and the whole thing of the challenge not being accepted and like well we'll take the challenge it's felt like a whole swerve for a swerve sake and not even a good swerve yeah that's that's barely a swerve this was like the most paint by numbers heels like you want the match you want the match right now no <laughs> oh the crowd wasn't too broken up about it actually they were fine with it as far as I could hear but yeah. Labrat says this segment did have Saban. That's not a plus. <sighs> All right. Well, do you have anything else to add about that opening? Uh, an Odyssey. No, that was. That was just like some. Th- I don't even know what grade level some of that stuff was. Like like you said, the whole, oh, you only did it I allowed you to do that. Like, come on. Can we, can we do better than that? Can we do better than that? No, we can't. We can't. We, we apparently can't. All right, so Lish and Eddie take a walk, and then uh, we get our... Uh, we get the person who we probably have to blame for this opening segment. Jimmy Jacobs is here with uh, Nick Aldis. Um... Nick Aldis is in this 8-4-1 match thing. Um, and that is uh if you have a you have two you have a you have an eight-man tag, one team against another team, the winning team becomes a fatal four-way on the spot, and then the winner of that fatal four-way is a new number one contender. Okay, sure. Um, they they act like they've done this before. I, I'm sure they have. I just probably forgot the last time they did it. Um, they but Nick Alt... Oh, go, go, go ahead. Sorry. They seem to keep coming up with like these different number one contender style ma- multi-man matches. Like they had the Golden Six Shooter that... What was the, what was the other one? Like, uh, a Revolution something or whatever it was. I don't remember. Yeah. It, which just shows you how disorganized your... Like you don't like you have a wrestling company and you don't have a clear standard for people to climb the ladder and you know 
actually earn a shot at the title. You know, instead they would have to like literally climb a ladder in something like a, you know, an X Division nine way match to determine a number one contender for Trey Miguel. Like there is no actual X Division. It's just like every so often we're going to take every guy we have currently at this taping and put them in a match and the winner of that match will be the number one contender for Trey Miguel. That's how it's how usually or we'll just throw Trey Miguel in it and he'll have to defend against all those people. Like, which is really shitty for the champion. Like, who would, <laughs> how would you yes. like to have, how would you like to have clawed your way to the top of a division only to like have every match be like a dice roll for you to retain it? You know, but that's what they do. But anyway, the interesting thing about this Nick Aldis promo, to me anyway, um, he guarantees that he will win this 8 4 1 match. Which you would think that Nick Aldis is the type of guy who would have heard many times, like we all have probably over the years, about the Bret Hart promo where he never makes a promise that he can't keep. So if he knows he's going over in the match, he will say that he's going over in the match. And if he's not going over, he won't promise that he's going over. Remember, there was one time Kevin Nash actually said in a promo, I'm going to do the whole Bret Hart. I guarantee I'm going to win. And sure enough, Kevin Nash actually went over. Right. So I can't imagine Nick being unfamiliar with that level of psychology. He has to know, you know, and, and have heard that and agree with that and would do that. So... If you if Nick Aldis has any integrity whatsoever as a professional wrestler, and I have no reason to doubt that he does at this point, look for Nick Aldis to become the number one contender. Um, it is weird guaranteeing that you, as part of a four man team, your whole team is going to win that match, but still, he's he's confident. Um, and. Uh, do we have anything on that little promo segment or I do like how this is one thing impact does really well that they personalize things for the wrestlers. Like all this gets like whenever he has an interview segment, he gets the whole personal intro with the whole blue background, the, the graphic design. He gets Jimmy Jacobs as his interview guy. He gets a whole different color setup. I mean, at least they're trying to do things differently with what they got. So I'll give him credit for that. I think we've discussed in the past that this is probably a Nick Aldis idea. Most likely, yes. But there there are other examples of them doing stuff like this. Or at the very least, going along with the ideas the wrestlers give them. All right. All right. Well, let's see if they go along with the idea that uh, Fat Eddie and Yuya Uemura are going to have a match. Um, so this went a few minutes and Eddie hits a Boston E party. Uh, I got nothing to say about this. It's just a match. Um, Frankie afterwards comes out and admonishes Eddie because Eddie extended the hand to Uemura after beating him and then did the whole like psych and pulled his hand back at the last second when he went to shake it and walked out. So, so Frankie Kazarian is just so upset about this. He's got to come down and be like, Hey man, that's not how we do things, man. Don't make this a toxic environment, man. And then uh, 
you know, he further admonishes him with uh, his fists. So, so for not, so for not um, shaking hands with a guy that he beat, the babyface comes out and punches the heel. <laughs> How dare you be rude, punch? I mean, I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I mean, essentially, that's the takeaway here. I mean, in this bearish form, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like what's worse, it's like not shaking somebody's hand. Like he he didn't uh, he didn't attack him after the match or anything. Like a lot right. of heels do. He just was like, "Hey, fuck you!" And then that's not enough. I got to punch this guy. <laughs> yeah, simple. Hey, screw you. Well, screw you too, dude. Would have sufficed. Yeah, and it's not even worth coming out. Like that's yeah, hey. the kind of thing the guy passes by you in the back, and you're like, "Hey, that was fucked up, man." Shut up, Frankie Kazarian. And then he's like, "You shut up." And then, then maybe they can get into a shoving match or something like that. But you made it an effort to come. It's just bad. It's bad. You got to rethink these kind of things. Um. So yeah. Um. Any other thoughts on that whole segment there? Man, I just felt like they could have accomplished everything they needed to in a five-minute match, like a. Like ten minutes, everything match included before and after could have gotten everything done. Like it literally felt like the show was getting life sucked out of it the longer this match went. Yeah, whatever, whatever little life was still in it. Sometimes the uh, they just have a match to have a match. I this is one of those times. I can't really. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't pay that much attention to it that I noticed anything, but um, it seemed like they just went through and he was, <laughs> Labrat says he was asking for his pay, not a handshake. Or maybe he stole uh, Frankie Kazarian's box lunch. <laughs> that, that was more likely, I think. Um... All right, well, next is Decay uh, versus OVE minus one. Uh, and they beat Steve with some move, and then the design comes in and attacks, and then Swan shows up late with a chair. Again, nothing really to report here. We get a full Decay entrance that lasts probably about as long as the match, I think. So at least there's that. Liz says every match felt like it was sucking the life out of the show. Can't disagree with that. They started off hot. <laughs> and by hot, I mean with hot air from a bunch of guys no one wants to see. Um, and they followed it up with a bunch of matches that cooled the place off. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Anything on this uh, development here with... Uh, with the you know the design further the the design and 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 Sammy Callahan are not finished. No, nah, apparently not. Which is ugh. which we all knew after that you know this heated rivalry that got real personal. You know had a nice you know headlock tackle match and got a roll up with Rich Swan. So I thought that was pretty decisive. I think Rich Swan rolling a guy up is like that final nail in the coffin for the design you know actually literally it's not 
but figuratively it might be because it just shows you how bad they're booking this stuff and if you continue to book it it's only going to get worse you're not building up to anything it's just going to end up in some ridiculous garbage match again it's going to be another garbage match it's you know like one of these like a clockwork orange house of horrors match or some you know this is the kind of stupid shit that sammy callahan likes to do or somebody there likes to have him do you know i'll be fair i don't know for 100 <sighs> percent uh yeah all right well more exciting than that watching trinity stretch that's much more exciting than any of this to me and that's a shoot um and then the the guys catch up with swan later and they're like i didn't hear what he said and then rich swan was like hey man you know i was in the office uh signing my contract for against all odds because i'm gonna be busy so you're gonna have to get somebody else and then sammy says something about the having to call a monster or whatever he said i don't know what, what do you think about this what who, who's he gonna call who knows who knows does he have another useless friend he can call up like a another another uh one half of a disgraced brothers team Ooh, i saw something maybe congo kong oh maybe um all right so next was uh trinity versus savannah evans again just a match uh starstruck Samantha taps out, so she's beat again. Uh, Trinity gets on the mic afterwards, says, I said I was going to be waiting for the winner of the Knockouts Championship match, so I'm waiting. And then Deanna comes out, and then this eventually turns into a challenge for Slammiversary. And then uh, the Giselle Shaw group shows up, and there's purses for everybody. Like, she's handing out purse shots. And with, with Jay is Jay is hitting people with a purse. Um, then Grace shows up and she gets a purse. And then they, uh, you know, she hits her finish three times. Like they keep picking her up. They keep picking Jordan Grace up, holding her arms. And uh, Giselle Shaw hits that Donumont, which if you don't watch Impact, and I'm sure you don't, it's just a V trigger. It's Kenny Omega's V trigger knee. Um, and, uh, she's so, so imagine she hits that once supposedly knocks her out. She's already been knocked out by whatever's in this purse. They didn't show us. It's a loaded purse, obviously. Picks her up, hits a finish. They said, pick her up again. They pick her up, grab one arm each and hold her there. Boom. Another knee. Pick her up again. Whoa. It's a, this, this takes a while. And uh, nobody comes out to help. No security. No, not even the ref standing on the outside saying, "Hey, stop that!" Like nothing. Just nothing. No one. Just let this happen. Just let a defenseless woman who's probably concussed from this brick purse. Just let her keep getting hit in the in the head with knees. No guards. More guards. Con. None. Not one guard. Bad. 
bad. And it was drawn out way too long. Yeah, do, do they think that the fans are going to have sympathy for this? This is this is them being unhappy with their side of the negotiations of whatever's going to happen with Jordan Grace and like trying to do the PCO thing on the way out and bury her in the desert. Like what 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 else would you what what else reason would you give for slowly hitting a finisher on a person three times in the ring with nobody to come out and help? It's basically just saying like fuck you. So it's going through a table nine nine weeks in a row. Pretty much. But anyway, yeah. Can't yeah. wait to see how you punch this up. Yeah. I mean, come on. Tap tap the monster out. Okay, so what, what use is it's a van? Like when is when's the last time she won a match? I don't remember. And then like and then I remember one time at some point they said that's why they call her the cannibal. No, she's called a cannibal because you're not creative enough to come up with an actual character and write material for it. Right. She definitely looks like the uh, a cannibal with the whole Secret Service agent thing. It's very cannibal-like. Um, yeah, I mean, now, now, if Savannah Evans had never really lost a match up to this point, and then Trinity comes in with the win... Then again, now you have a big win for Trinity in this buildup. But, you know, they did the same kind of shit with, you know, in AEW, they kind of did some of this with Wardlow when he came in and he was like, you know, a heavy, but then he'd get served up to people like Cody and other people and just, just lose any important match that he'd be in. And then after he'd already been beaten like two or three times, you know, in, out of like five or six matches, then they tried to go on like one of those like Goldberg winning streaks of him powerbombing people. It's like, no, you already beat him. It doesn't, you don't get to do a Goldberg thing after you beat the guy multiple times, you know? So, uh, Savannah Evans kind of in the same role. She's like this bodyguard. She's clearly bigger and more talented than a lot of these women. And, they just use her as like, well, here's a quality win for so-and-so. I don't know. Pushing the wrong people, guys. Same. Um, but yeah, anything else on that particular mess? Nope. Okay. All right, well, speaking of the wrong people, Danny Luna versus Jody Threat is next. So yeah, women's matches back-to-back. Way to structure mm -hmm. a show. Oh, that's the least. That's the <laughs> least of the issues we have on this. Um, so, uh, like, I wanted to watch this match actually, not because I was excited to or because I thought it would be good, but I just wanted to watch it for obvious reasons. And uh, I definitely wasn't disappointed in one aspect. I mean, there was a couple of things that were pretty bad. Like, there's a spot where Danny Luna was sitting on the apron and Jody Threat went to go, like, give her, like, a sliding drop kick, like a baseball slide drop kick. And Danny Luna moved so early that Jody Threat was, like, in the middle of the ring almost and would have had plenty of time to just pull up and stop running. But she just continued to drop kick the empty area where Danny Luna used to be sitting. So I thought that was kind of funny. But, you know. 
I think the average fan at this point, they see so much of that shit. Like they're just, that probably doesn't even register. But um, for me, it was very noticeable. Uh, the best part of this match to me though was, and I, I hope you saw this. It, there was a spot where, um, Danny Luna's on the outside and Jody threat does the, uh, cactus Jack smash off the apron, you know, which is basically like a running somersault and, and tackle. Right. And they land in the corner by the, the barricade and there's the guy that's running the cables and he like. He's in the shot, like fully in the shot when they come crashing in. And then he's like, he does this thing where he's like, he looks directly in the camera and like scoots off the screen. He's like, <laughs> but he's scoot, but he's scooting. You can see his whole body. So you can see him pushing himself to the side with his feet as he just stares into the camera. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> You guys, if you go back and see one thing, just skip to whatever this this match is and see that part, and that'll be your that'll be your signal when you see Jody throwing the apron, doing getting ready to do the cactus smash, and then watch this guy fucking scoot out of the shot. <laughs> it is absolutely the best. Um, yeah. So there was that, and then um, I wrote down the finish looked pretty uncomfortable, like most of Jody Threat's offense. I don't know what happened here. I think there was some editing on it too, but she does her move, which is like I guess her move is kind of like a a torture rack into a, a spinning, you know, like a F five type deal. It's like a right, isn't that kind of how her move is? She's got him up like oh. a torture rack, so it's like. You know, in the F5, you would be flipped over in the fireman carry. But instead, she's got him laying across, facing up on the back, and then she, like, throws him off. So, like, that's the move, right? Uh, isn't it? I think. I, I thought it was, like, an actual F5, but she called it the F-whatever she calls it. Yeah. But this is something different, though. Yeah, this is some other thing. Yeah, and she... Well, anyway, Danny Luna, I don't know if that was the way it was supposed to be because it's a new move. Or if she just didn't know how to take it, but she landed like on her ass, like, uh, like, like a bubble bomb type, type bomb. Yeah, that was oof. So, yeah, so she got a little taste of her own spine. Um, and, uh, and Jody Threat gets the win. So, there you go. This is the first, this is the first debut of Subculture's Danny Luna in the ring on Impact and. Taking that L. So, yeah, what do you think about this this match here? That was a rough match. I know there was a... I, f I forgot what the spot was, but I know all I know is I got a note that says, Oof, apron spot with threat and neck. But I forgot yeah, what it was. I forgot too, but I think I know what you're talking about. And again, yeah. this... There's no reason it should have went as long as it did either. No, for this, well, I think the reason was they didn't want her to just run over Danny Luna because she's supposed to like they brought they brought these people in like they're somebody. They're in the main event, and now Danny Luna's got this match. So you don't want to have it just be a, a short squash, but 
Well, then you don't put her in that position. That's yeah, that's you good. don't put her. You, why are you putting her in that position? You know, feed Jody Threat another local. Or feed Danny Luna a local and have Jody Threat sit there and watch. Because what we don't want from Jody Threat is more matches at this point. Even though that's what she needs. Because uh, <laughs> she needs practice. I don't know. Buckshot Kid, not a fan. Um, I don't know who is. But, uh, but she's here. So... She's here. She's Canadian. So you know what the fuck that means in Impact Wrestling. It means you get a push. Uh, all right. So Joe Hendry, who's Scottish, and Santino, who is Canadian, uh, they're having a discussion in the back. And then uh, the new the new tag team of uh, Kenny Jeans comes up. And uh, they are talking shit. And then... Um, they're like, you know, Santino's like, all right, well, then we'll give Sheldon Jeans, as he calls him, a uh, a match next week. I don't remember if he said it was for the Digital Media Championship or if he just gets a match with Joe Hendry, but that's supposed to be next week. I would assume it would probably be for the title because it's, you know, like their version of the TV title. Well, don't assume anything. Very true. Um, Especially the text. But what we are going to get is, at Against All Odds, we'll just get a rematch for the Digital Media Championship of Hendry versus Dango, who's also not on the show tonight. Um, So if Sheldon does get a title shot next week, they are already looking past that and saying this is the match for the pay-per-view. So, because he didn't say the winner of next week's match gets you know, a shot at Dango, and that wouldn't make sense anyway, because the whole feud is between uh, Dango and Andrew. Right. It's not about the Digital Media Championship. never has been. Which is weird. But it isn't. It's, (laughs) yeah, it's like a revenge gimmick. So, I don't know. This, what a waste of everybody involved, basically. This is a waste of everybody. You got three of the best entertaining personalities joe henry santino and kenny and sheldon is at least attempting to have a personality there so the jury's out on that but you know at least he was trying so this is the best spot that you could come up with the nicest thing i could say about this is there was no light set up here (laughs) so like the trade-off is clearly that the booking has just been flushed down the toilet, but at least, you know, the backstage areas have the more proper lighting now. Uh, that's what I see. Do you see anything different? I've definitely been noticing it looks like actual, like, backstage and, like, they need to do more production setups instead of just ra- finding random places and setting up there because it looks bad. It looks really bad. Like, I'm not saying, like, make it garish with the lights, but, like, do something. Make it look like you're not in some, I don't know, some VFW hall. Right. Even though you are. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, you got the whole building. There's got to be a spot somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I agree, but I'll still take it over what they were doing. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, if I could say one nice thing 
about the impact show. They turned off the lights. Uh, but speaking of lights, though, if you're going to get it, it's going to be here in this vignette with uh, Killer Kelly. And um, I don't know what she's talking about, but I guess what we're supposed to take out of this is that we're going to have a sexy dog collar match with Masha Slamovich. Sounds like it. Uh, she's not usually how I describe a dog collar match, but you know, I, definitely I, seems sexy from the vignette that we saw. I, I really think this is leading to some kind of like BDSM le lesbian tag team with those two. This is where it looks like it's going. I, I guess so. Uh, well, let's let's see. I mean, the knockouts tag division is not that strong. So I guess we could do that. Honestly, it wouldn't that wouldn't be like a as far as matches go, that wouldn't be a bad team just having them beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. And if you've seen anything about Masha Slavich outside of Impact, she's just got all these belts now, like Ultimo Dragon. So you know, a an impact tag belt, I guess, wouldn't hurt to add to that. Um, so, all right, now we get to our main event, which, we, we, would you like to say anything about the main event first? I, I'll let you go first on this one. Oh boy. I just got three notes for it. Okay. First one is, how are you going to be a heel and legit mark out for another tag team on air? Heel gets hot tag, and then one heel takes out two faces. Okay. And then you could have gotten a new team a win, but in a, and you had the out of uh, Macklin and Bully and Aaron Ferris make it happen, but you don't do that. Okay, I have a question. Who's the heel? Exactly. I mean, nobody, nobody's a heel here. So, I, I think they think um, subcultures, baby faces, but you know, they're not really, uh, what's the word? They're not really in the position to, you know, threaten the machine guns or, you know, they've done nothing to, what do you call it? Uh, establish themselves here. The only appearance they've had was a loss at under siege, right? So, um, yeah. Now, to answer your first question, how are you going to mark out? Well, look, this is Alex Shelley we're talking about. <laughs> like, who wouldn't mark out? This is you're standing across the room from Alex Shelley. You might as well just get down on your hands and knees and start bowing right there. The fact that he would even share the ring with you is is an, the highest honor of your entire career. It's everything that you got into the wrestling business for. You don't even care if he pummels you into a bloody pulp. It's It would be your pleasure. You would be like Killer Kelly in a sexy dog collar match. Um, just, you know, choking yourself while masturbating with a chain to be in the ring with Alex Shelley. So let's just get that right out of the way. Um, while wearing a turkey suit. While wearing a turkey suit. You know, we're not here to kink shame. 
we're just pointing out, when you're in the ring with Alex Shelley, you can't be held responsible for your own actions. You're not in control of your own faculties at this point. Everyone would be a mark for Alex Shelley. Even that non-wrestling fan who walked through the room when Bully Ray is talking about putting people through tables would see Alex Shelley stop what they're doing and say, whoa, who is that guy? I'm, I'm sitting here and watching the rest of the show because he's going to be in the main event and I can't wait to see more of him. That is the kind of guy that Alex Shelley is. So, all right. Now that we've shown Alex Shelley the proper respect, um, I was just going to watch this match and fast forward and call it a day because I already know exactly what this is going to be. This is going to be... And you know what I'm really mad at? More mad than the wrestlers for having these type of matches. I am mad that they make me sound like every other bitter old person that doesn't like wrestling today because I like to think that I offer something unique. We at Hami Media Group offer something unique to the podcasting wrestling content analyst world. We give you the things, as Ben says, the real talk that no one else does. And I like to think that even among that group of people that we have here, I still have a unique voice that says things that other people don't just say, and I don't just repeat and parrot what other people say. And if I do repeat something that someone else has said, I like to give them credit. So if I heard Jim Cornette say something, or if I heard Vince Russo say something, or if I heard, you know, whoever's out there say something, I like to give them the credit for that and then let everything else be my own and be original. But when I see a match like this, they make me say all those things that everybody says, like, you know, there's no psychology, blah, blah, blah. So I just was going to be like, I already know that these guys are going to do a ton of flips and a bunch of non no psychology bullshit and whatever, and I don't want to watch it. So I will fast forward this. So I watched the match of fast forward, as I always do. However, as I finished the match, I was like, you know what? Let me give a special treat. Let me suffer myself. Let me give a special treat for the impact attack tonight. Okay? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for you guys. I'm going to watch this match again. And I'm going to do something. I'm not going to totally watch it, but I'm going to do something though. And I'm gonna, and, and I'm going to see what you guys think about this. To give it a perspective, to to give you that thing that you're not going to hear. I guarantee you, like Nick Aldis guarantees, except this is 100% a real guarantee. You will never in your life hear anybody talk about this match with this statistic that I'm about to give you. This is a world exclusive right now. This is a universe exclusive. This is a metaverse exclusive. This is an existence exclusive. You will not hear this anywhere else. This is a vet original. Okay? So I went back and I watched this match and I got my stopwatch ready and I said, okay, how much of this match was two guys in the ring legally together having the match? Right? So this match went about on television, 
12 minutes, 10 seconds, uh, approximately, give or take a few seconds here for bells or whatever. And there was a commercial break in the middle of it. So I didn't see the commercial break, but since this is a taped show, it's reasonable to assume that they just only, they don't cut, you know, they don't cut much out of it for the commercial because it's not really going on during a commercial like raw or something. Right. So for television time only, this match is around 12 minutes. Okay. So the amount of time that there was two guys legally one-on-one in the ring was five minutes and 37 seconds, give or take. Okay. The rest of the match was three guys in the ring, four guys in the ring, guys outside the ring doing stuff on the outside. Um, yeah, there was lots of flips and cooperation and a bunch of phony looking spots that took a lot of coordination and timing to do like that shit. I would have hated to have to remember how to do some of that stuff. If I had went over this match in the back and planned it all out, like they did, I would have forgot. I'm just telling you. My memory doesn't work that way. Anybody that's watched me play a, a, a game on Twitch knows that my short-term memory is shot and I don't remember where I just was, let alone, you know, that I'm going to do this complicated spot. So give them credit for all that complicated shit that they memorized just to look like phony ass shit. Um, but 55% of this match was contested illegally. So when people talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, I don't know what all their percentages was in the match, but I feel like a lot of the classic tag teams didn't spend 55% of the match burying the ref. Cause even, you know, even if you were to count the double teams, like you got five seconds or you're supposed to get out in five seconds. So the amount of double teams even in this match, if you just counted the double teams, but they finished in five seconds and got back out. I mean, we're only talking about like a couple of minutes tops because they did it a lot. So if you, if you figure like it would, it would take a dozen double team moves to, to equal, even if you took the max five seconds, it, it would take 12 double team moves to equal one minute of time. Right. And they got six, six and a half minutes, something like that of, of double, triple, you know, quadruple. That's why I fast forward this shit guys. That's why. Cause this is not tag team wrestling. This is not entertaining to me. There's no art to this. There is an, there is an art, but it's a different art. It's like being judged for, it's like being judged in a, in a, in like, like if you, if you submit you know, like, um, how, how, how do I put this? Like there's a, there's like an art competition where people are supposed to submit paintings and you, and you send them a picture of like a house you painted. That's the wrong kind of painting. You didn't do it. Like you didn't do what the contest said. It, so I can't, I can't judge you as an artist. I can only judge you as a house painter, you know? So you did a lot of choreographed flipping and phony shit 
Five stars. Wrestling match. One star. That's it. That's what I got for you. So. Yeah, it's I remember one time I took it in a seminar from Al Snow, and one of the things he said was like, yeah, great five-star match, but you didn't put any asses in any seats. Well, I've got my own thoughts on Al Snow and his philosophies on that, but... Oh, what the hell, I'll give it to you right now. <laughs> you know, every time, if you guys listen to Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Head, when you... If, if, if Vince Russo brings up any one thing to Al Snow, Al Snow will go off on the entire philosophy of wrestling for the past however long he's been in the business on every single point. So, like, you're going to hear it every week. You're going to hear his entire philosophy of wrestling every week. And one of his favorite parts is when he talks about the uh, the WrestleMania three, where... The best match on the card is the one that drew the most money. So the be- everybody should want to be Hogan and Andre, and instead they want to be Savage and Steamboat. You know? And my response to that would be, so your advice is to be Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant? Everybody can do what they can do. I think what Al wants to say is you have to know your spot on the card and be that spot on the card. Okay, if you're not Hogan and Andre, you can try to be Ricky Steamboat and and Randy Savage. Okay, that's the lesson that you should take from that. You should be as great as those guys were, because those guys you can't do a match with Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, where like one guy looks up at to the other one like, oh my God, look how big this guy is, like Hulk Hogan did to Andre the Giant. You can't do that spot with those guys. And just because you try to work like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan does not mean you will make $1. So you already have to be born a certain way to do that. You can't just be Hulk Hogan. That's terrible advice. And as far as guys getting in the ring and burying the ref in tag matches, I would advise you to watch uh, uh, TNA versus Head Cheese at WrestleMania 16 for the ultimate example of how to bury a ref even better than uh these guys did on this impact show but enough about that um yeah so you know maybe some people are into this it did have alex shelley in it i'll give it that that's probably why it got the one star for me because you could never give anything with alex shelley a zero stars he's a star he is a star look at him my god look at him he absorbed Uh, austin star that's why he went away for so long that's right yeah, you couldn't even be in the same. There's not enough room for shining of two people here. So one star show, baby. And that guy's clearly Alex Shelley, and he will go on to defeat Burt Macklin for the Impact World Championship and achieve everyone's lifelong dream of him being the Impact Champion to show that he finally did it. And it'll be Steve Macklin's honor to lay down for Alex Shelley at Against All Odds. Because, let's face it, it's not even a gamble. If you're stepping in the ring with Alex Shelley, you're going down. Well, <laughs> that was impact. <laughs> um, 
So if you guys at this point have anything else to uh, that you guys want to talk about, so what do you want to talk about? Uh, feel free to put it in the chat right now. We'll chat with you guys for a few more minutes before we end the show. Um, as the temperature is rising, I'm sweating a little bit, and when I when when I get uh, literally hotter, like I get figuratively hotter, and it feeds in, and then I wish I had a muffin, but. It's even too hot to eat muffins. They're not as cool and refreshing. Sometimes they're even hot, you know, hot muffin. And that's not, you know, like something cooler. Uh, did Brandon do a rewrite for this week? Uh, well, if you're talking about a punching up impact on this episode that we're currently live doing, um, then yes, you can uh, go back to the beginning and watch that. Um, Labrat says, let's talk about climate change. <laughs> Yes, it's getting hotter. Uh, unfortunately, I am climate change free, as I uh, as I always have been. It's me and CM Punk. CM Punk is back. CM Punk was announced. What do you think about that, Brandon? What do you think about CM Punk being announced? I mean, the only way that they got to find some way to do that storyline with him, Omega, and the Bucks, and do it in a way that the, that the audience can follow along and understand it. They can't because they've never acknowledged it on television. No one would know about it. It doesn't make sense to a non uh, dirt sheet insider or internet mark. No one would know about it. All they did after that whole thing happened was they just said the titles were vacated. They didn't even say CM Punk's name on television. They just stripped him of the title without even saying his name and crowned a new champion later. So it would make no sense for them to even bring up that something happened if he comes back, even though I'm sure that he probably will allude to it in some smart-ass way that gets around it. Um, but people keep saying that that's going to draw money. And, and like I would argue back, no, it won't, because nobody that's paying any money or would be an outside interest would even know about it. Only the people that are already inside and giving their money would know about it. So you're not going to draw one extra dollar. <sighs> um, let's see. What is the best fruit gummy? Hmm. I don't know. Not having eaten them all. I will say this. When I was a kid, the marketing worked on me. And I wanted... What were they called? Shark bites? You remember those? Yep. And they said you could get a you could get a great white gummy shark in your in your, you know, I was like, hey, that's a that's something I want as a child. I want to bite a great white gummy shark. So even though I'm not saying they're the best, that's like one of the most memorable ones I remember as a kid marking out for. Like I really wanted shark bites. I mean my mom get me shark bites. What about you, Brandon? Fruit roll-ups. Definitely fruit roll-ups. I don't know, Liz. Does that count? It's kind of flat. I mean, it is basically the same thing, but it's it's like if you rolling pinned a, a fruit gummy. I don't know. Fruit gummy has that extra, like, uh, you know, what's the word? Firmness? Do I need to do anything in the capital before I fight Margo? Uh, 
Well, since I finished playing that game over a year ago, I don't really remember. Um, ask the internet. Um, Vet, should I make coffee for a later tonight Twitch stream? I don't know. I don't think so. Don't count on it. We'll see. Nah, nah, probably not. It's too hot. Um, yes. Liz accepts for roll-ups. All right, so there you go. Well, if that's the best you guys got, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wrap it up. Like everybody was hoping that the show was going to do from the, you know, like they really did try to make me quit from top to bottom. This was a show where they were like, maybe this is the plan all along. Maybe they're like, instead of fighting back with lights, why don't we strike at the heart of the matter and try to make the vet quit impact attack? And then we won't have to hear him anymore. You guys could just not listen. You don't have to sabotage your own product. You just just don't listen to my podcast. Don't listen to to Brandon and me every week on our show talking about this stuff. You don't have to like try to attack me. Um but like from the beginning where you got all these guys rambling about a bunch of stuff that makes no sense and nobody wants to see them to the main event that you knew I would fast forward to no moose anywhere barely mentioned he's going to be in that 841 match but you know other than that just like one static image of moose that's not going to be enough we've got that like we've already got that we don't need you for that so yeah man mm, Labret says what flavor is Gary's favorite uh, Gary prefers peanuts if anything uh, circus peanuts um, <laughs> they, uh, let's see are they doing that thing where they take Moose off TV to refresh him no because they haven't used him enough you do that with somebody that's been overexposed <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Colin, Gary's never actually eaten a circus peanut. That was just a joke because we were talking about somewhat gummy candies. That's more like a stale marshmallow, wouldn't you say? Circus peanut? Yep. Do you, do you like circus peanuts? No. Huh. A lot of people don't. I love circus peanuts. I wish I had a bag right now. I'd be eating it on the air, but they're got to be extremely bad for you, right? Like it's there. Ooh, there can't yeah. be like one. Uh, there can't be one ingredient in a circus peanut that isn't outlawed in every other nation across the world, right? Like, oh no doubt. Yeah, those things are. Who knows what's in that? I don't know, but I like the taste of them. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, Liz says she saw that Moose's contract was coming up, so that will be interesting. It will. And she likes gummy orange slices, which are also good. Gummy anything slices. Like the green ones, the red ones, anything. 
give it to me. Um, yeah, so. Alright. Well, there we go. Um, so, I guess this is the part of the show where we tell you where you can find us. When we're not watching the greatest anything of all time, Alex Shelley, ply his trade. Brandon, what about you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter at TransArchistTia. You can also find me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash MissTiaTheTransArchist, as well as my new Substack at HMGBrandon. All right. So, yeah, go to Substack and catch up on last week's Punching Up Impact, as well as this week. This week's is up, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, because you always post it before we do this show, right? So Correct, yes. So that way anybody that wants to follow along can do so. All right, so don't forget that part. Um, as for me, you know, you can find me on Twitch also. Not trying to compete with WWE or anything. I don't want to get there under a 1,000 viewers, but um, the uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash opinionhaver. And Tomorrow is, uh, as of this recording, it may be too late by the time you hear this, but um, if you're listening on channelattitude.com, and you should be, you should re-listen to this and re-enjoy it, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, so it'll be True Crime Tuesday, um, which usually happens at 10.30 a.m. Eastern to start, uh, because we were playing a... L.A. Noir with a solve-along. So if you guys are in the chat, you get to vote on the interrogation answers and we'll see how good of detectives you guys are. And I'll just play along with you, um, making your choices for you. And that, that's been a fun time. And uh, the more people, the more interesting. So, um, so you could check that out. And then, of course, uh, at Opinion Haver Everywhere. Uh, all your social media platforms, even the ones I'm not on. You can still find Opinion Haver on some of those that I'm not active with. Um, and uh, you can, uh, let's see, you can find me on the Next Level Wrestling Review, Big Ray Hernandez, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. We talk about NXT, and that's not much better than this. It's just different. Um, it's aggressive, you know, early 2000s era Disney Channel shows with wrestling on it. Um, so that's, you know, like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we try to make, you know, make a good time out of it. We try to make the chicken salad and lemonade. Um, and then you've got the... Uh, that sounds pretty good, chicken salad and lemonade. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Especially considering what we're given. <laughs> Um, but you can definitely check us out there live. And then of course, channelattitude.com for the replays. Um, you can check me out on, well, sometimes I'm on the PWC. If you saw they were, you know, last week they were doing a review of double or nothing. And I immediately crashed it. As soon as we ended here, I jumped in and I buried AEW for what they did with the main event, uh, Jade Cargill everything else so if you didn't see that check out the pwc network and watch the double or nothing review and just skip ahead to the part where i jump in uh or you can watch the whole thing it doesn't matter those guys are nice um and uh, I, I do guest spots there sometimes when needed who knows there's even been some preliminary talks about a collision show so could i show up 
and make my debut with CM Punk? We'll see. Um, and, uh, of course, I always tell you to find Wrestling with Rip Rogers live Q&As every Friday, and the YouTube channel is always putting up content with matches and uh, interview clips and shorts and other things, so check that out. And uh, I've been meaning to pop back in there. I thought about doing it this week, but then I was like, nah, nah, I don't feel like it. And then um, check out Stevie Richards and all the content that Stevie Richards is doing on his YouTube channel, his Instagram. He's got new reviews. He's got a new elliptical review. The Big Fitness Show with Stevie Richards and Big Mike Barons. Um, you know, Stevie's doing lots of stuff. He refuses to stay down uh, for one time in his career. He's kicking out of all this bullshit, and he's just super kicking content right into your face. Stevie kicking it, I should say. Um, so that's the end of my plugs. So, uh, there you go. For Brandon, I'm the vet, and I don't have a sign-off line.